Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we have a very special guest for you today. It's Grace. It's me. So we're doing something really fun. This was Becca's idea, where for our December Just Us episodes, we are going to interview each other. So this time, Becca's interviewing me with all the questions you guys asked her. And then in two weeks, I'm going to interview Becca with all the questions that you guys had for her. I'm really excited because I feel like when we have guests on, we get such good questions for them. And we obviously talk about, you know, we have our Just Us episodes, but they're around a specific topic. So we have such a range of questions. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're going to get to know us so much better. Yes. I'm excited. Yes, me too. Okay. Before we get into our very special interview with you. So before Becca interviews me, um, this episode is sponsored by Knight. So Knight is the makers of our all-time favorite pillow. If you want to try Knight or gift it to someone this holiday, you can take 20% off your order at discoverknight.com with code BOP20. We're going to tell you more later in the episode. All right, Grace, before we get into this interview with you, what is your high? My high is being in Charleston with my family. So we talked a little bit about family dynamics um, in our in our book club episode, but I played only child this week with my family in Charleston for Thanksgiving. I also got to see two of my best friends who live in Charleston and have a, a couple of different meetings with PR teams while I was there. So it was wonderful. What about you? I am very excited because we are going on vacation when this episode drops tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And we are going to Harbor Island with Katie Storino. And her friend Kate. And her we friend don't know Kate. Yet. I'm so excited. Do you remember at the very beginning of the year, Katie was our first guest. It's all we full circle. We were both so in her thrall. And we were like, Katie is the coolest. Yeah. And now she's our real friend that we go on vacation with. So I'm excited to spend quality time with Katie. But I'm also excited for the vacation. Yes. In the past, I have been known to work on vacation, and I am making sure I get everything done, all my blog posts teed up, because I'm relaxing. I'm excited. I cannot wait. Um, I am going to bring such a pile of books. I have been traveling so much, but I, I strongly feel that there is a difference between a trip and a vacation, and I have been on trips. Yes, I've been on a lot of we've both been on a lot of trips. Well for the for the podcast. Right. So I am and, ready. And you you with all your weddings. I am ready to lay on the beach by mm-hmm. the pool. It's also short, so I'm like I'm packing in as much relaxation as possible into those three days. Yes. I cannot wait. What about on the low side? On the low side, my my problem is that because I've been gone because I was in Charleston for a week, then um we're going to Harbor Island with Katie, then I get back and I'm here for one day and I go to LA with Sephora, the mail. So I have so much drama with the mail. It's all over the place. I have been spending most, you don't know this actually. I've been going to Queens most weekends to the FedEx facility to track down all of my lost FedEx packages that they won't deliver because I'm not home. What I do know is that last year you were blacklisted by the postal service. Oh, we've got a much better relationship now. I'm like very cheerful with the post office. If you're not cheerful with the post office, they will blacklist you and not come to your house. stop delivering your mail. Yes. So last year that happened. But now I'm like, I've made amends. Like we're good friends. I'm always like, stay warm. Like I'm very, very nice. I'm tipping them all lots of money for the holidays. I mean, not lots of money, but I don't know if um, postal employees, because they're government employees, are allowed to accept tips. Oh, well, UPS and FedEx definitely can. Yeah, but I don't know if the Postal Service can. I think you have to give them like, look it up because you might have to give them like a gift card. 
Oh, okay. That's good to know. We'll get them gift cards. But I'm on great terms with USPS. They're wonderful. My problem is really FedEx. And it's not because um, there's a bad relationship there. It's because they legally like can't leave the package. So then they put it in Queens. And I have to go to Queens. That's so weird because I've had FedEx packages dropped off for me before at a Walgreens in East Williamsburg. Oh, I've had that too. But then some go to another place. Oh, interesting. Like the big FedEx office in Masspeth, which is in Queens. Oh. Yeah, this is not interesting, you guys. But I feel like what, since I'm traveling a lot, I spend the weekend like waiting in line in Masspeth yeah. to get packages or walking to East Williamsburg. I've done both of those things in a single day, but it's fine. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah. What about you? I don't have a a serious low I just I'm feeling a little bit of stress about taking time off as a freelancer oh yeah so for all of our shows when we traveled for our live shows I didn't take time off I just you know I took calls all day before we had to get our hair and makeup done like I just like made it work like I just did work on planes and it was fine but um I have not taken more than one day off since I've been consulting, like officially told people that I'm offline. And so I'm doing it for this vacation. And it's crazy the amount of guilt I have doing that. Oh, yeah. And it's also because it was like just Thanksgiving and Christmas is coming up. I don't know. I'm I'm I think it's all in my head, but I'm just having like a lot of weird guilt about taking like officially being like no, no, like I know that I'm contracted for a certain amount of hours a month and I'll still work those hours, but like I'm not online these days. Yeah, I I mean, I feel the same way. As It's different because you have like these like bosses, I guess, at these different companies and I don't technically have a boss, but if I'm not online, I could miss a big sponsored post opportunity and they could give it to someone else because I didn't write back that day. Or I have this like weird guilt if I don't get a blog post up. I feel like I'm like failing everyone. And in reality, most readers don't check my blog every day. They come like once or twice a week. So that definitely I, – I hear you. Yeah. It's definitely this like stress about stepping away. Yeah. I was going through my December editorial calendar and like at the end of the month, I'm definitely taking a few days off of posting as well as a few days in January at the beginning of the month because it's just like you need to recharge. But I feel like those days are more acceptable to take off because everyone's off yes. versus taking two days off the week after Thanksgiving. I, some, I for some reason feel really guilty about. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Guess what time it is. We were both about to say that at the same time. Because we're both so desperate. Because it's Desperation Minute. It's Desperation Minute. So if you like this podcast, please, please, please leave us a review. We would love it. It's honestly the most helpful thing you can do for a podcast if you're enjoying their content. Not just ours, but anyone. Because it really helps legitimize the podcast in the eyes of listeners and brands. And it also helps with the rankings. It helps people to discover you. Like, if you like this leave us a review it's the it's the best thing you can do for us yes and subscribe if you're if you're just here oh, and you yeah. don't subscribe that's the other big thing oh it's, yeah i it, was assuming that if you're yeah. here you're subscribed but that might not be the some, case not everyone is so some so it's subscribing and leaving a review those are the ways that we get bumped up in the charts and then more people will find us true yes before we get into our extra special interview this episode is brought to you by night one of our 
all-time favorite sleep brands. So they're the makers of the Night Pillow, which you know is our favorite. It's a memory foam pillow for comfort, and then it has a silk case that really does wonders for your skin and your hair. So we're both completely obsessed, and I couldn't imagine sleeping without mine. But they also have so many new products this holiday season. So if you're a Night Pillow devotee already, like us, you have to check out their travel pillow and most importantly, their new colored silk pillowcases and the sheet masks as well. The sheet masks have gold. But back to those pillowcases, I just got two white ones for my bed. And I'm so happy because most of my bedding is white. So I had this like whole elaborate way that I would hide my night pillow underneath my duvet and then put my other pillows on top of that. And I don't have to do that anymore. They all match. I'm so glad for you. Yeah, it's the little things in life. Wait, Grace, have you started your holiday shopping yet? I've done some shopping. My mom and my sisters are the easiest ones to shop for because we all like we all literally like the exact same things. My dad is always really hard. So I already got him a night pillow for his birthday. And if I hadn't done that, this would have been such a good gift for him. Oh, totally. A night pillow is such a good gift for somebody that you want to get something nice for, but is hard to shop for. Like I'm thinking like your dad, a brother, your mother-in-law, like What I love about the idea of giving a night pillow as a gift is that you know you're giving them something that they're actually going to use and something that they maybe wouldn't have treated themselves to with their own money. So we talk about the beauty benefits of the night pillow all the time, but it's also true for the guys. It can help prevent balding because the fibers of the case don't catch on your hair if you toss and turn during the night. And with the silk case, it's an easy way for them to care for their skin with zero effort. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I'm becoming a men's skincare blogger, guys. Ooh. (laughs) Honestly, or like you could get this for your boyfriend. Like, yeah. Yeah. Good gift. Yeah. So if you are looking to be a gifting hero this holiday, Night Pillow is kind of the perfect present. So you can also get 20% off with our code. You can get 20% off your order with code BOP20 at discovernight.com. So again, head to discovernight.com and enter code BOP20 for 20% off. Do it. All right, Grace. How's that seat? Is it hot? I'm nervous. Your seat hot? It's very hot. I'm very nervous. Don't be nervous. We I don't poured like being in the spotlight. We have wine. We poured wine. We ordered pizza. We did order pizza, which is like my I'm I got like a really delicious cheese pizza from Two Boots coming. I'm so excited. We got different pizzas. We did. She likes white <laughs> pizza, and I like regular. Okay, so Grace, so I crowdsourced all these questions on Instagram yes. from my followers. But I think there's a lot of overlap. And I also put it on the bat on paper story. Yeah. Okay. So the first category of questions are about being an influencer and your blog. Yes. Okay. First and foremost, what is the biggest misconception about being an influencer? I think that it's not a serious job. I think um, because what you see is this product, which is like pretty photos, maybe like a beauty post or like a review product review, which is like, oh, anyone can do that. And in theory, anyone can do that. But as you build an audience and you start to take on advertisers, it becomes like any other job. The I always say like the photos and the Instagram posts and the blog posts are kind of the product, but then behind the scenes, there is so much work. Like there is contracts. There is a lot of negotiation working with brands. Like I'm constantly meeting with my brand partners and going to these events to keep up relationships. Um, There's like so much stuff that happens behind the scenes. Like I'm going to do a post, I think, about what, what actually goes into a sponsored post because it's like actually like a tremendous amount of work. 
I, I and very serious. You're too. looking at me so yeah. adamantly, and I'm like, I know that you do a lot yeah. of work. No, well, we're having a conversation, so I'm looking at you. Um, but um, I think not everyone realizes that. Like, for example, like for all of my Sephora posts, I have to send them a concept. Then they'll look through it with a fine tooth to- comb and provide feedback. Then I give them a first draft. Then I give them a second draft. And there's like so much back and forth that goes into it. Also, like with skincare, there's like a very intensive testing product process for everything that I put on my blog, whether it's sponsored or not. So I just think like nobody thinks it's a serious job when in fact it is. It's like a fun job. Like it's more fun than being a CPA, but oh, it's totally. like still a job. Yeah, it's it's a job. And that's the thing. It's like not all fun and games. Like sometimes you don't really want to post or do anything and you got to because it's your job. What is the most annoying question that you get asked during Q&As? This is a funny one. So I get a lot is of... Is it this question? No, <laughs> it, this is funny. Um, It's a lot of the forever questions I always get. Do you think that you'll live in Brooklyn forever? Do you think that you'll have a blog forever? And like, I don't think much further than like five years. Like, of course, like I have like a grand vision of like what I want, which generally involves like a porch and like some kind of like wonderful alcoholic beverage in Charleston. Um, But I don't know. Like, I really don't know. Like, I could meet someone tomorrow and like fall madly in love and decide to go to LA. Like I could, there's so many things that could happen. So I don't know. So I, and I'm just not like a big, like, I don't, I just don't think much further than the next week, to be honest, like let alone five, 10 years or forever. That's not as juicy as I hoped. What's a juicy one that you dislike? A juicy one. I think just like, do you really like that? That's another one. I'm like, I wouldn't put it on my blog if I didn't really like it. That looks cute, but do you really like it? I'm like, yes, I like it. Also, like, even if you didn't, like, Karen, I'm not going to... I'm not going to say that I lied. You're not going to, like, confess to you, stranger. Yeah. But everything I post is something I like. Like, I'm really strict about that. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, do you just not, like, believe me? Like, because, like, trust me, I turn down most of the sponsored post opportunities and I don't write about most of the beauty products that get sent to me or things even that I buy I have to really love it yeah do you think that you could ever go back to having a traditional boss I would prefer not to of course I can like I'm a I can make anything work but for me as a Enneagram type three wing two I'm such a people pleaser so I find myself like killing myself to please unpleasable bosses and I don't think that's sustainable like I think I do much better when I'm on my own like I'm a a self-starter like I work really hard like no one needs to worry about that but then there's like this second level of anxiety when I have a boss and maybe I just have had kind of bad bosses like not all of them I have some I've had some really great bosses too but I I feel like I associate having a boss with a lot of anxiety and that's such a privileged thing to say because I recognize that I'm really lucky to get to work for myself. I also like work really hard because I and I joke. I'm like I do this so they don't have to have a boss ever. That's a good motivation. Yeah, if I didn't do this, I would probably like write or I would um maybe start a skincare company or I don't know, go to interior design school. Like I don't know oh, what I would do. Yeah, I feel like there's a million things I love doing that could all kind of transition if influencer life goes away. Yeah. But ideally I stay self-employed. So we got so many questions about sponsorships. Like, I feel like that's something that people are really curious about. So I'm going to write a blog post about that. 
Well, for sure to answer these questions. Yes, of course. So somebody wanted to know what don't brand marketers understand but should about working with influencers? I think that the industry has gotten so much better over the past three years. Like lately, I encounter so little pushback from brand partners. In the past, they would basically like want you to like recite their talking points and like be and I'm like, that's an ad like the reason that. The reason that my ads work is because they're in my voice. They're my actual personal experience or my actual personal opinions. The one thing I would say is that lead time is imperative. I often get things and they're like, we want you to post like next week. Last week I got product and they're like, okay, we need a draft today. I'm like, no, no, like I have to, I shoot with a professional photographer. I have to like, if it's a beauty product, I need to try it for two to three weeks to like get like just a preliminary vibe. Like you can't even tell long-term benefits over two, two to three weeks. So I think that like a lot of marketers don't understand the the lead times involved with this stuff. Like it's it's a lot of work. Like I can't just turn around an Instagram or a a blog post in a day. Do you, I know this isn't about me, but do you want to know one thing that I feel like as a consumer really irks me? What? Well, obviously, when a brand has a launch, they want to have as much stuff as possible oh. at the same time. It irks me too. I just did a big post with somebody and well I'll just be honest I did it with Olay and I stand behind all of these products they're amazing the retinol products that's the one that I was thinking of but most every recently. influencer was posting I I don't know I would have like pushed back or done something if I had known that's what was going to happen well I've been on both sides of the fence so it's like when you launch something you want to create as much noise as possible about it but then as a consumer when I don't just follow you like I also follow probably five to ten other people who did that campaign and it was oh, like I was gonna say more I followed like 30 or 40 that did the campaign and just seeing so many people talk about it in a sponsored post makes me skeptical I got a lot of really nice dms actually where people were like I was like against the Olay retinol because um I saw it everywhere but then I saw you wrote about it and I really liked your review and I went and I bought it and that made that like really that was very touching. I mean, that's really nice. But as a consumer, my no matter how much I trust you, like my reaction was like eye roll. Not, Not about you, but just like about the sheer quantity. Oh, I totally understand. And that's the other thing that I'm struggling with. Like, do I start asking brands like how many influencers are you working with on this? I don't know. I don't know if there's a mind. good solution, but it's like for the brand side, it's like there's also a negative side when you do too much sponsored content at once totally i think or i need like to the start same thing. um a few months ago beauty pie did so many and i love beauty pie like i think yes. they're incredible but they did so many sponsored posts that i was like oh like this I felt, makes me skeptical i felt really lucky because i worked with beauty pie and i was one of the first people they worked with and so like i didn't have any pushback on that post but I get it. Like, I'm also, besides being an influencer, I read tons of blogs. I follow so many people on Instagram. I love this world and this space. So I was annoyed. But there's not really anything you can do because I choose sponsors based on how if, how much I like the product. Totally. But I'm wondering, like, do you think – I'm asking you this now. Do you think it's wise to ask brands, like, hey – like super interested in working together, but can you tell me how many other influencers you're working with? That makes you sound like, no. kind of makes you sound like a diva. I don't think you should do that. Not because it makes you sound like a diva, but just because like, you're probably going to take it regardless. So I think you should just do it. But I wish that the brand would get smarter about like flighting it out or, you know, not doing these like huge blasts with people who are all very similar with like overlapping circles. It was every blogger I follow over 30 and most bloggers are over 30 that I follow. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, how do you decide what brands to partner with? And this person said, thank you for not partnering with Walmart. Oh, girl, you're welcome. Um, I choose the brands by if I actually shop there. So for me, Walmart was just like such a red flag. I would never – and it's not being snobby. Like I shop at Amazon. I definitely like love a, a bargain. For me, like Walmart just felt like off-brand for me. And also we don't have one in the city. So it would be totally unbelievable that suddenly like somebody who shops at Shop Up and Nordstrom – and like little boutiques in the city was suddenly just popping into Walmart for the latest find. And like if I'm doing that, I go to Target. I love Target. If Target wanted to sponsor me, I would totally. But for me, I pick the brands that I truly love. And I feel so lucky because my blog isn't just about one thing. It's not just beauty. It's not just fashion. So that just naturally opens you up to a wider range of potential advertisers. So like Duncan, like for another influencer, Duncan could be super random. That was super on brand for me, obviously. Uh, Nordstrom is a place that I shop at all the time. Um, Sephora was such an amazing partnership because I am, I love it, Sephora. I love Sephora. Um, it just has to be something that I love and use and would pay for with my own money. Well, wait, have you ever pulled out of a sponsored post because you ended up not liking the product? I have. Oh. Yeah. And it's it's always very awkward. And it was for, I've, I've done it actually multiple times for beauty products where you try it and you don't like it and it doesn't work or like god forbid it gives you a rash or makes you break out and i've had to be like i'm so sorry but i cannot write about this product and no money has been exchanged and like yes contracts have been signed and they're not psyched but i think for me like my trust is just so important with my audience and those brands never reached out for a second <laughs> sponsored post so i definitely lost business but i think that i always say this as an influencer like you're your currency is your reader's trust. And I can't do anything that's ever going to jeopardize that. So I have, it's mostly beauty products because those ones, you once you test it and if you're like, this sucks, like you can't feature it. Right. So somebody wanted to know, do you ever worry that the blogger bubble will burst? I mean, I think that it's easy to worry because like I, I, I just tend to worry about everything in general easy to worry about that. But I think you, the same could be said for like working in social media or working in PR or working for a magazine. Like I feel more secure in my job than a lot of my friends who work at magazines do. Like they're all just like, I need to get over to the digital side because like this thing is dying. And I hate to say that I'm a big magazine reader, so I love magazines. But um, I do think that that's kind of this exaggeration that's been perpetuated by the media in that I think a lot of the sites that are writing these things that are saying, oh, the influencer thing is is dying, this and that, are people who have had their advertising revenue taken away and given to the influencer space. So you have to take that with a grain of salt, right? I do think that um, consumers and readers, listeners, whatever we want to call these people, followers, are getting a lot smarter. So people aren't just going to buy something because you blindly recommend it like they have to you they have to feel a real connection and real trust i think things are changing and the industry is definitely changing but at the end of the day the advertising money is going to flow to where the eyeballs are and if you have a good site and you have a quality community and a large audience and the ability to convert you'll be okay i mean for me like this has been my best year both traffic wise my blog has grown like my traffic is almost double what it was last year, which is Oh my crazy. God. That's amazing. I know, right? Like usually I grow about 20% every year. This year was like a crazy year for growth. My revenue is is great. Like it's oh, that's always been like pretty slow and steady. There was one year where it was down and I was like, oh shit. But generally like everything is up. So 
of course, you can read these things in the media saying this is dying, this is bursting. I do think that like if you're just an influencer and you're throwing your outfit up on Instagram every every day, that's not really sustainable. You have to work at this. You have to provide a community. You have to be giving people value and also entertaining people because people have a very short attention span because they're generally following so many people. But I don't – I'm not really that worried. I wonder what's next after Instagram. I know. I think about that all the time because TikTok is the big thing that everyone's pushing. We're too old for that. But we're too old. I think podcasts are the next thing, which is one of the reasons I wanted to start this and why we're doing this. But soon we'll be a podcast thousandaires. (laughs) Yeah, it's not very lucrative just yet. But um, it's – I think you just have to – you have to stay on top of what's going on in the industry. Like I remember – here's an example – so many people that had blogs were like really big on Twitter or their blog was really big and they just didn't get on the Instagram bandwagon or take it seriously. And now a lot of those those blogs have become obsolete and nobody reads them really because they never really put the work into Instagram. I like embraced Instagram like not as – I didn't take it as seriously as I probably should have, but I still did like a decent job with it. And I think because of that, I've been able to kind of like hang on or whatever, not even hang on, like thrive. But – I just think you have to really pay attention to what's going on in, in the in the world and in the universe and in the social media sphere and stay on top of that. Yeah. But that's that's the truth of any job. Absolutely. I, I really respect that you don't like rest on your laurels and you're like, well, I don't need to like try anything new or do anything new because I'm already successful at this. Yeah. I probably should rest a little bit more, but we're going to work on that. Um, yeah. I don't I think I feel OK. So somebody wanted to know how long do you typically spend writing slash editing Instagram captions? Not really that long. I post a lot in the moment. Sometimes I'll write something more long and thoughtful. It's my blog post that I spend the most time writing. Wait, what takes you longer, taking the photo or writing the caption? Um, For Instagram, taking the photo because it's all about the photo because it's a visual medium. I try and like write a clever caption, but that's never been my strength. Like I'm pretty earnest. So, Yeah. Well, let's take a break to talk about a sponsor. Oh, I love this sponsor. Um, Today's episode is also brought to you by Away. I have had my Away luggage for about four years now. I talked about it in our travel episode, and it's what I use on every single trip I go on. I also, more recently, I think like three months ago, added the leather weekender bag into my rotation, and I get stopped and asked where that's from, like, at least like five times every trip. It's super nice looking. I need a different color than you so that we can differentiate our luggage. Yeah, we can't have the same thing. Mm -mm. So I actually hadn't tried Away before they became a sponsor, but I'm impressed. I've had mine for about a month now. and We got one free one and I let Becca have it. Yeah, because you have three. I know. No, I have two. No, I have three if you count the everyday everywhere bag. Anyway, it's... In this month of life, it's been on trains, planes, and automobiles, and, like, I'm giving this thing a workout, and, like, it's great. It's really, really nice. So this year for Christmas, I'm going on a a major multi-city trip. It's not that major, but I'm going – I'm flying to Charleston with Tyrion. Then I'm spending Christmas with my family in Charleston. Then I'm flying to San Diego via Atlanta for a wedding. Then I'm going back to Charleston, also via Atlanta, um, home – And then I am spending New Year's Eve in Charleston and then coming home to New York. So I'm really thankful that I'll have my away luggage. I will check a bag for that long of a trip, especially with all of Tyrion's gear. But um, it's the best. So one thing that I 
have really liked about the away luggage is that you can cram so much into it, which is going to be real important for your trip. Yes. But they have a compression. Cat stuff. Ooh, cat stuff. But they have a compression system that really helps you to maximize the space. And it's honestly way better than any other suitcase I've ever had, where like the compression thing is a pad it's not just straps mm-hmm. so you can really like jam stuff down you can really get a lot in there um i don't know i've just been so impressed with how long mine has held up over time so they say that it's meant to last a lifetime and they mean it i've had my suitcases for over four years and they still look like new i do uh, my one trick is that if you have a lighter one a magic eraser will like take off any scuffs immediately so just like a little hot tip there um but i love knowing that they'll fix or replace my luggage if anything bad happens to it that's so nice because I have gotten checked bags back that are destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I hate that because it's not my fault and there's nothing you can do about it. And like I'll also point out that there's a 100-day trial on all of Away's products. So you can try it. If you don't love it, you can return it. And all shipping and returns are free in the U.S. If you need some new luggage for your holiday travels, I can't wait, recommend Away highly enough. Um, Becca, did you see the holiday collection it's all metallics Ooh! so my little guy is a gold limited edition that they did with west elm a few years back but it's the metallics are beautiful so i recommend going on and getting some of the metallic luggage but you can if you choose to do that you can take 20 dollars off any suitcase with our code so our code is go to awaytravel.com slash bop use code bop at checkout so again that's 20 dollars off any suitcase including a sparkly one, at awaytravel.com slash BOP and enter code BOP at checkout. Back to Grace. Back to me. I have two questions about the podcast. Yes. Why did you decide to do the podcast with me specifically and not by yourself? So I can make you do all the work. Mm, it's working. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. I honestly like so i respect someone like Kate Kennedy so much because she can carry on an hour and a half conversation by herself and it's interesting and it's interesting and i will listen to every word and hang on to what she's saying i do not have that quality like i ramble it would not be fun no one would want to hear me talk for 32 minutes I, maybe if i did like a 30 minute podcast by myself i could pull it off but it would be boring and so i was like i want to have a podcast i want to do it with a friend i didn't really know who or what or anything and then i thought about books and then you're my reading buddy like I have other friends that read I think we also get along very well we're both like not super emotional people like we don't fight we don't um we've never had like friend drama and we still haven't had friend drama so I would say I just knew you would be good at it there are surprising things about how good you are at it though like your voice (laughs) I mean in real like do you remember when we went to that sushi restaurant with Sarah Mason my cousin Mm mm-hmm and we got in trouble with the table next to us because you and Sarah Mason were so loud. Oh, you're rowdy. So I was like, I didn't, but I didn't think about that. And meanwhile, all of our listeners are like, Becca has the most soothing voice. So that was hilarious to me. That's interesting. But I don't think anyone thinks that of their own voice. But yeah. I wouldn't have been like, listen to my melodic But I didn't voice. pick you because of your voice. So that no. was a surprise. I don't think I knew quite how funny you were. Like, I always thought you were funny because I'm friends with funny people. But, like, you're very quick. So there's, like, Thank been you. things That's I, such a I learned. And also we have compliment – we have 
contrasting skill sets. So for the blog, like I know it's really easy for me to book guests because I know like a decent amount of people. Um, I'm good at coming up with topics and ideas and things. You are so good at, you have the, all those advertising people that you know, you know all the language with our live shows. Like most podcasts use an agency to negotiate. Becca just like threw herself into it and was like, I'm going to go and like, no, that's not good enough of a deal. I want more. So I didn't realize like how good you were at that. Thank you. So I think that our, and this wasn't why I asked you to do this, but I think our our skill sets are very complementary. So I guess this category isn't so much about the podcast as it is about me. Somebody else <laughs> wanted to know, what is your favorite thing about me? And I swear to God, I did not write this. My favorite thing is when Becca cooks me lunch because I'm not much of a cook and Becca is a great cook. She made me a buffalo chicken sandwich the other week. Um, mostly what happens is like she is posting to Instagram stories about whatever she's cooking and I'm like, mmm, that looks nice. <laughs> waiting, waiting, waiting. I get the text message. She's like, do you want some? And I come up. Um, that's not my actual favorite. My favorite is how quick-witted you are. You're so funny. Like she's very, very quick. Like I, I'll say something funny, but like you can trust that I've been thinking about that for like a couple days and I've like perfected it and I'm like ready to say my funny thing. Becca just is naturally very quick. Thank you. You're welcome. To both. Yeah. And she's a great cook. (laughs) Hey. Perks of living in the sorority house. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to beauty slash fashion? Yes. I'm curious about this. Somebody wanted to know how many times a year do you change your skincare routine? I would say holistically, not that often. Like, I have, like, my core products, right? Like, I love my pharmacy, um, my pharmacy cleansing balm. I love, I have like three different serums that I rotate between. I love my Dr. Botter cream. So for something to make it into that is a big deal. But I will take breaks to test either products that my readers are asking about. Like everyone was asking me about Coco Kind. So I took like several weeks and tested a bunch of their products. For the Olay program, I committed to them that I would only use their products at night for four weeks. I actually went for a fifth week because I wanted to kind of like blind test how the serum worked with a different moisturizer and how the moisture worked moisturizer worked if I skipped the serum. So I do change it up when I'm testing something, but after I finish testing, I rarely I usually go back to what I like my core products. Do you like that or is that annoying to you to always be testing something where you're like, I have things I like? It can be like in the way like right now my skin's been like a little bit dramatic because I've been testing like these retinol products, which are so effective, but retinol can be a little bit drying. So my skin is like tight. Also, we've been traveling a ton. I've been going out like every night for influencer events. And at those, I often have a few drinks. So my skin's dehydrated. Um, So I like I'm craving like today after Orange Theory, I used toner and then I just literally slathered on the thickest layer of Olay skin food. And you can't even see it right now because that's how dry my skin is. But um, I definitely like have my products I crave and I still use, I still just, I'll use them. But I actually think it's really fun. Like I just love skincare. Like I love it so much. And I, it's almost like a little, like I was really into science when I was in high school. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I should tell my cockroach story about the weights, how I weight train these cockroaches. I heard about that. I don't want to ever hear about that again. Okay. So I like love, I'm, I'm just. I'm super nerdy, you guys. Like, I think you know this if you've been listening for a long time. I love it. Like, I think it's so fascinating to see how something absorbs when you put it on. Like, when I find something new that I'm really passionate about, I get so excited. Like, the Olay Retinol Serum is wonderful, and it's $30 instead of most 
like every other retinol that I try is like around 100. And she's not being paid for that because if she were, I'd be getting a cut. I'm yeah, not. <laughs> we're not getting a cut. No, but I can't stop talking about it, especially that serum and the eye cream. The moisturizer is good, but I have gone back to my other moisturizer. Okay. I think I know your answer to this. What are your favorite beauty products under $30? I have a bunch. What do you think my answer is? I thought you were just going to talk about Olay more. <laughs> no, no. I love the retinol serum and the eye cream. Skin food is like my holy grail. I love skin food. I love it so much. I love skin food light like more in the summer. Skin food right now, I've like already used up a tube in like the past month. That's so funny. It I clogs my pores. I use it on my like cracked heels and on my oh. like hands and arms. I put it on my face and I love it. I know that people do that. I'm just... The other thing I love is there's a line called the Seaweed Bath Company and their face scrub. It's linked in my Amazon shop. That's People, a Target brand, right? It's not a Target brand. They are sold at Target. Okay. They're sold at Amazon. I think they might be going into Credo, but that could be a lie. Um, their products are fantastic. I love their body products, but for face, the face scrub is so good. It's okay. my favorite face scrub. Like I have tons, I get sent tons of like bougie face scrubs and that's my favorite. Okay. I think those are my favorites. I'm trying to think of cleansers. I don't know how much the – I think that the pharmacy cleansing balm is maybe under $30. I don't know. It's like $32 or $28. I don't know. I would say skin food and the retinol serum and the face scrub. That's but, like a whole skincare routine. Yeah, the eye cream is also great. Do I like any other eye creams? What about um like makeup? Makeup. Most makeup is under $30. Well, I love Glossier Lash. Like that's under 18 Wait, should we just do straight drugstore? I don't know. It's your episode. Okay. I really like the L'Oreal Lash Paradise Mascara, which I know you think is like something that everyone talks about and you can't buy into the hype. It's yeah. a great mascara. I do think that. Um, what else have I tried recently that I like? Um, L'Oreal has a great liquid lipstick, which is like... it's Oh, everyone's it's, obsessed with that. It's like a soft cushion, though. It doesn't dry your lips out. I don't use a lot of drugstore makeup. I use a lot of... I use mostly Ilia, Kosas... And who's the other one that I really like? I like um, Well People, and I guess you can get them at Target. Like their bronzer I didn't is know great, that. but their bronzer is still like thirty five dollars, and it's at Target. Um, makeup. I wasn't prepared with a makeup answer. That's okay. I was just yeah. I do love lash like, and that's only I think fifteen dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is a fad that you took part in and now regret? It's a general thing, and it's because of where I was working at the time. It's just the over-the-top jewelry trend. Like, <laughs> pick one. Pick one. A big pair of earrings or a cuff. Statement necklaces I'm not too jazzed about in general right now. I would like to come to your, our defense and say that I do think that that was stylish at the time. Yes, and we just loved it and we were so passionate. We drank that Kool-Aid. We drank that Kool-Aid hard. And I lo- And I think we were on trend at the time. There is a post on my blog. And it was free to like have access to that for free where it was like not something I would have spent my money on where you were like, I'm for sure going to take part in the layered statement necklace trend that nobody needs. I also would just like wear all the things because I thought that it was cool. So there's a picture of me. I think if you search for Lulu Frost Lion Necklace, I'll put it in the Facebook group. Go to the Facebook group and I'll post it there. Oh, this has come up on the podcast before. This is like podcast with Alex. Mm -hmm. There's a picture where I'm wearing skinny jeans. I think... Blue or green heels, a blue clutch, a camisole, a pink and red striped sweater, and a ginormous Lulu Frost lion necklace and earrings. Were the earrings lion earrings too? No, that would have been even funnier. I don't think they did that. 
it was just so much. Like I just would like, I would think something was cool and I would be like, this is cool. But you know what would be even more cool is if I put another big thing on. Yeah. So it was just like, just excess. I'm curious, are there any investment purchases that you made that you regret? Yes. And I've since sold it on the real rail. The, thank God bless the real rail. I've sold a lot of things there. What is it? So I had, I'll put this in the Facebook group too, just for the hell of it. And it's been on my blog. And I loved it at the time, but it was, you do not spend this kind of money on what this item is. Oh, I know is. what it is. It's a pink velvet Chanel boy bag. You loved that when you bought it. I, I loved it so much. And I was, I bought it like irrationally because I was in the airport in London. I was having super like major, major boy drama. And I was like very upset. And I saw this purse and I was like, this is beautiful. And with the exchange rate, it was like incredibly affordable. Like actually when I sold it on the real real, I made money off of it. What? Mm-hmm. Because the price was so good for whatever reason with the exchange rate and like buying it in the airport and whatever. It, it's like not even just like pink. It's like pink orange. I did like that Gucci bag that you had for a while. Oh, I still have it. The purple one? Yeah, I like that. I love that one. But that's more of a summer bag. Yeah, but I think that that's like no, I'll, I'll it is like a it's a colored yeah investment. It's bag. like a pinkish purple, but it's such a unique color and it's a pretty color. Like I don't even think that Chanel bag is a pretty color. Um, it's like a pink orange. Like it's like coral and it has gunmetal hardware. It's not good. The Gucci bag I bought that in London as well, and that I, on the same trip. No, no, oh. like multiple years apart. You were like, like I'm having boy problems and all the let's money. Just spend ten thousand dollars. No, that's not even. Like the, the, I think the Chanel bag ended up being like two thousand dollars, like or twenty two hundred, which is great for a Chanel bag. And I don't remember what the Gucci one was. It was expensive, but that Gucci bag, like you will pry that from my cold dead hands. Like I love that bag. Yeah, the Chanel one, no. And are there any others that you regret? Um, oh, yes, I have some statement heels that like. I cannot walk in them. So mm. people are always like, are those shoes comfortable? Everything I wear is always comfortable. So like, I have. Well, had, if you see it more than once, it's comfortable. Yeah. I've had some shoe purchases that they're just not comfortable. Like I have these really, I, I also just sold these on the real rail, these amazing Jimmy Choo lace up heels. And they had like a chunky wooden heel, but the heel, if it was like an inch lower, it would have been perfect. It was like five inches. And I bought them when I was shopping with Kat Tanita, who is, if you follow Kat, she is the most stylish person. She is absolutely beautiful. And she can walk in like a seven inch heel if they made a seven inch heel. Like she, so I think that I was with her and I like by association suddenly thought that I could do that. And so we were shopping and we were being kind of bad. And I was like, I'm going to buy these shoes. And I fucking love them. They're beautiful, but I can't walk in them. So I had to get rid of them. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I don't think so. Okay. Like if it's expensive, I really think about it. I saved the best for last. <laughs> yes. All of the personal questions, which is the biggest category. Some of these are just I've grab bag so ones. so fewer questions than you did. I feel like a little That's bit. because I have fewer followers. I feel sad. No, I'm not. I there's tons of questions. If you want to keep – Becca's episode is going to be like five hours. If you want to keep answering questions, I have more that I didn't include in the episode. No, no. It's fine. What is your craziest dating story? I've had like a bunch of, of things happen. Um – one was like I was dating somebody and then he brought another girl to Thanksgiving with with like to a party that my friend was hosting. What? Yeah. And we weren't like we weren't dating seriously, but it was before like the drama of like, are we exclusive? Are we this? And like I was 
devastated. And but now in hindsight, it's funny. Um, I don't know if that's yeah funny. I I would be. I was really upset, but like now knowing this person, like this person, and I have become good friends, and now I'm like, oh yeah, like we will never date again. But like it's kind of funny because I know how bad he is. <laughs> um, I. I had a boyfriend once who, like, now it's just gonna, like, some of these are just sad. I had a boyfriend once who would get really drunk and, like, leave. Like, this was in our 20s. What do you mean, leave, go where? Leave. Like, he would go home or go to another place. Like, and this was before social media was, like, really prevalent. Like, none of us had social media. And I would, like, really, like, worry. I wouldn't be able to find him. He would just, like, leave. That was weird. Um, That was in my early 20s. The most recent one was I went out on a date with somebody and I show up and we meet at this like kind of fancy bar, like hotel bar, the Baccarat Hotel. And I was like, I was excited to meet him because like it seemed like we had similar backgrounds and he seemed really cool. And I get there and we talk for like two minutes. We haven't had drinks or water or anything. And he has a wine brand. The beverage director came over and they suddenly have like a 25 minute conversation and they like make a little bit of an effort to include me, but I have not had a drink. I have not had any water. And they... um. They're just, like, talking about business. And then afterwards, he's like, oh, you know how it is. Like, you know, when you're, I'm always working, like, got to, come, gotta like, get these meetings in when I can. I was like, so you – he combined the date and the business meeting. I, I mean, I heard this offline, but that's insane. Yeah. I feel like in hindsight I should have just left and gone home because I had to go to Dallas the next day for the podcast. And, like, I could have packed and, like, read a book or, like, done something. Sometimes I feel like I put – I, like, prioritize these dates because I, I feel like – it's important. I don't want to die alone. And then I'm like, why did I do this? Yeah, yeah, I feel that. And like, it could have been a funny story. Like, imagine if we like ended up dating seriously and I could be like, look back and be like, oh, remember? He was such a jerk on our was, first date. Yeah. But no, we just never texted again. Mm. So I don't know. None, nothing is like particularly crazy. It's just like things that make you be like, wow, how did you actually think that's okay? Right. Where that's it was like, if you work in this world, like specifically go somewhere where you don't know the people so that you're not talking to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dating in New York. Dating in New York. Um, What type of yoga do you practice? So I go to Skyting, which is Katona style yoga, which is a blend of vinyasa and something else. I think maybe Hatha. Yeah, I think it's a blend of vinyasa and hatha yoga. And that actually originated in Katona, New York, like up next to bed. Oh, I was going to say, I was like, that's the name of something else. I was, yeah, I thought it was like a type of apple or something. Oh, it's K-A-T-O-N-A-H. Okay. Yeah. But if I don't go to skating, I just do plain old vinyasa because I like the flow. Okay. What is your most irrational fear? Oh my God, there's so many. Like I, anytime things are going really well, I, like, become certain that something really bad's going to happen. Like, I just, like, become – I'm, like, I know something bad's going to happen. Like, I think I'm just, like, such a – I'm just, like, always nervous that, like – like, it was, like, with the blogging thing. Like, I'm just always nervous that things are so good right now and they're going to get bad. Um, A specific irrational fear, like – I'm not someone like – I've realized other people's irrational fears more like since being on social media. Like when I go to a hotel, I never think I'm going to get bed bugs or like die from using the bathtub. But I definitely – I mean, there were, well, there was a time where I didn't have health insurance because it, I left Balabar and I didn't enroll in time and there was like a little – a very small window. And then because of that, I 
didn't have health insurance for like six months. And I was so nervous. Like I didn't want to like walk down this, like I didn't want to cross the street. I was just like, I'm going to die and I'm going to have to pay a million dollars because I got hit by a car. Like I canceled my city bike membership. Um, I also always think I'm going to fall like, cause I've recently, I had last winter I was out running and I slipped on some ice and I had like a pretty bad fall. I don't think you even know this, No, but like I was all bruised up and down my whole like right side of my body. So I'm always nervous when I'm running that I'm going to fall. Like today I was on the treadmill at, at um, Orange Theory and during the the all outs, it's like there's push pace and there's all outs. I was running at like 10.0. What? Well, it's only for 30 seconds. It's not Still. that hard. Still. Um, and I was like, I'm going to fall. And then I like started to think like I'll. That's a six minute mile. Yeah. For 30 seconds. I can't it's do that. Sprint. You could do it. You could do it. For 30 seconds. I don't know. Um, So my. <laughs> I have this like a fear that my um I'm gonna fall and that the treadmill is gonna like streak all down my face like and like tear off portions of skin. Yeah, absolutely. That's a rational fear. Oh, it feels ira- irrational. Going at ten miles an hour on a treadmill sounds for thirty seconds is totally fine. No, I've, like, I've worked up a little bit. That's like, a rational be... fear in that context. Like if you were like, I was on the treadmill, it was at three point five, and I was like, I'm, I'm gonna die. <laughs> I would be like, yeah, that's a little irrational, but. Going that fast, I don't feel like that's irrational. I've also started to get like food fears just because I know things will upset me. And I'm still not sure if I'm actually allergic to cauliflower. But I'm like afraid of cauliflower because I've gotten sick from it so many times. Your problem isn't that you need to be afraid of it. Your problem is that you just need to resist it. I love it. (laughs) Buffalo cauliflower is the best thing in the world. Like the other... Where were we? We were somewhere recently and you were there was like something that was cauliflower and you were like, should I? And I was like, no, of course you shouldn't. It was because we were at Gramercy Tavern and oh, they sent us right. a right. free amuse-bouche from the kitchen, which wasn't even one of our many courses. And I was like, if I'm going to, I can't like say no to this food from Gramercy Tavern, which is like the best restaurant in New York. I did. I did say no. And they were very gracious about it. They were more than gracious. They apologized to me and were like, we're so sorry. I'm like, how would you know that I can't eat this? Yeah. yeah. Um, what would you tell your 30-year-old self? 30. I would just tell myself to like calm down. I feel like I always, when I was younger, was just so obsessed with being successful and like getting like to a level in my career where I could like feel good. And I would just tell myself to calm down and work really hard and be nice to people and that it'll all come. Yeah. What about on your in your personal life? Dump him. <laughs> <laughs> if, I said something on my Q&A, which is good advice for somebody, which someone was like, how do you know if you're in a good relationship? And they were like, I think, did you see this? Or like, I did. And I was like, I think if you're wondering if you're in a good relationship, you're not in a good relationship. Well, you know, it's like I say this about um, – I've said it to people about jobs before where it's like if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. Yeah, that's great advice too. So I would just say like broke up with my long-term boyfriend. I think I was 30 – I was about to turn 32 or I was about to – I can't – I've lost all track of time. I'm 38 now. So I think I was about to turn 32. It was right before my 32nd birthday. But, like, we had issues for, like, a year prior to that. And he got away with, like, murder. He didn't cheat or do anything terribly bad, like, technically. But he said some pretty terrible things to me and did some not-so-nice things. Um, 
And it's really hard when you're living with someone and your lives are so intertwined. Like I didn't have a lot of my own friends. It was like we had couple friends and everything was so tied up upon us. So when we broke up, I felt like my life was ending, but in reality, it was really just starting over. And it started, and my life is so much better and so much more full than it was when we were together. And I wish that I could tell myself that, like, okay, so this is going to end and you're going to be devastated, but your life is going to get so much better. And so I would say, I guess I would say that to anyone who's like at that age and like in a relationship they're not super jazzed about or like where they're maybe not being treated like they should be or they feel less than or they feel like they have to make themselves smaller. Get out. Like it's going to be hard, but you'll be so much happier. Oh, thank you for coming to my Ted talk. <laughs> um, more, Recently, what is the most valuable thing you learned this year? Um, I think it was, this is so dumb, getting an Amex for miles. <laughs> oh, my God. My whole life has changed. I have so many miles, and I use the miles not to buy new flights, but to upgrade myself. I love that you just went from, like, a very deep <laughs> thought about relationships. You were like, Delta miles. So speaking of irrational fears, I have a fear of credit card debt because when I was younger. Oh, yeah, this is an irrational fear for you. When I was younger, I um, spent way too much money. And actually, it was having the blog, which is a blog about shopping is ironic. Having the blog helped me get out of debt because I had two incomes. So I paid off all my credit cards. And then I was like, no more credit cards. And now I feel like I, I pay it off in full. I set it up with my bank account so that it automatically pays it because it's not that I don't have the money it's that I forget but this was also so long ago and you're it's now like it was like 10 years ago yeah but you you hadn't had a credit card until this year yeah I got a credit card oh my god I'm gonna end up in like a snark site for like saying this I no, it's good it's like um, it's responsible it's it's conservative it's not very conservative I know it doesn't look like it as a blogger I was just making fun of you because you went from like deep advice to like Oh yeah, Delta no. points. Delta points, but I love getting my, getting points on my credit card, and then I use them to upgrade my flight. Like I'm upgrading my flight home from the Sephora trip with miles. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's eighty nine thousand miles to upgrade to first for that trip. That's a bad use of miles. I know, but I have a lot of miles. Oh, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> what else did I learn this year? I'm trying to think if I have a better thing. I think adding retinol to my skincare routine, not just the Olay one, but just doing that. That was Jackie. Jackie told me I needed retinol. Also, um, getting better about concealer. I learned about concealer. Jackie also yelled at me and told me that I have dark circles and need to cover that shit up. Um, I'm trying. I'm looking around my apartment like I'm going to see something else that I learned. Learning that my cat loves sweaters. <laughs> he loves that sweater. Um, I don't know what else, but I think the biggest thing I learned this year is is Delta points. Hey, it's an important lesson. Yeah. We have more personal questions for Grace, but first let's take a quick break to talk about a sponsor. So today's sponsor is a brand that I absolutely love. If you follow me on Instagram, I talk about it all the time. Um, It's Equilibria. And Equilibria, if this is your first time listening, is a medical grade CBD company. It's created by women. for It's designed for women, but men can use it too. The products are all made in Colorado on an organic farm with a focus on high quality ingredients. So personally, what I love most about this brand is the hands-on service because I found CBD intimidating. I was like, what is this? 
Why do I need it? Do I need to take it every day? Do I take it every night? What do I do? So I got paired with a dosage expert and they gave me a little program. So I take the daily drops right before bed to help me fall asleep. I take a soft gel to help me stay asleep. And then they have this relief cream, which is absolutely amazing. Um, it's it's just a fantastic brand. I can't say enough good things about the relief cream. I got it for my dad for Christmas, but it is so good for any pain, whether it's muscular or cramps. And I've actually been quite sore recently because I've been going to Orange Theory so much. Now, what I'm really, really excited about this month is Equilibria's limited edition deluxe gift box. So this is the perfect gift for yourself or for someone who's maybe a little bit stressed and just deserves a little extra pampering. So this has the three core products, which are the soft gels, the daily drops, and the relief cream, but it also has two brand new products, which is the roller ball and bath bombs. So the CBD bath bombs are amazing. Like I hadn't tried them yet um, the last time we did this ad, but they are incredible. I'm not sure if it's a placebo effect because when I get in the bath, I automatically relax, but I swear I notice a noticeable difference. Like my legs, especially if I've worked out or gone running that day, you just feel so much better and so much less sore. Um, I have a really big blog post about CBD. So if you have any questions about it, definitely go there. They talk about pretty much everything. Like I literally pulled you, my, my blog readers for, um, all of their questions and then their team answered everything for me, which was great to have like experts and people who know this stuff inside and out talking about it. But as always, we have a discount for you. So if you go to equilibriawoman.com, enter code BOP at checkout, there you'll get 15% off your first order. So the beginner box is not included in this, but the gift set is, and that's BOP for 15% off. More grace, more grace, more grace, yes. more grace. What started your Charleston love affair? So this is actually a funny one. So Chastity Evans, who writes the blog Looking Girl Love, she was one of our guests at the Charleston Live show. She, I loved her. She was such a surprise. Oh, my God. She's a firecracker. I love her. She got up there and she was like, hey, last night I was doing Eminem karaoke. Yeah. She's a blast. She's great. So she organized this Charleston press trip. And I was in my head, I was like, meh, I don't care. But like, I love chastity and I want to see where she lives. And like, it was a really good group. It was basically all our friends. Like, Was it at her house? No, we stayed at, where did we stay that trip? I think we stayed at the Mills house. Mm -hmm. Um, But they had a really wonderful itinerary for us. And it was just two nights. So it was like pretty quick and manageable. And it was over a weekend. So I wasn't like stressed trying to like do my regular work. We did this beautiful historic tour. What really got me was the food. Like we did this, like we did a um a progressive dinner where we had three different meals at three different restaurants as dinner. Oh, we, that's fun. We went to one for a bunch of appetizers and drinks, and then we went to another for dinner, and then we had dessert somewhere else. That's fun. It was so fun. So that was wonderful. I just I fell in love with the people. They had a big like a um there was a lot of mingling opportunities. Like we went to this really beautiful old mansion for drinks one night and got to like try on all of this jewelry from Krogan's. But they besides all these influencers, they also invited local business owners and creatives. And I just like met some of these women and they've since become some of my best friends. Like I met Deirdre Zoll from Candy Shop Vintage. I didn't know that's how you met her. That's how our friendship started was that press trip. Um, Because then I came back a couple months later with my mom and she, any friend, any new friend that's willing to come have drinks with you and your mom, like that's a quality friend right there. Yeah. 
And like my mom loves her. Now my mom works for Deirdre in her shop in Charleston. Um, Jackie Tom, the J- Jackie Thompson, who was also a guest at our live show. I met like great friends on this trip. And so I just kept wanting to go back. It's such a quick flight. And I would just get there and feel like so relaxed. For a little while, I dated someone there. So I was going back a lot more because I was like, we were like going to see each other and stuff. Um, I just, I fell in love with it. Like the, the architecture, the food, everyone is so nice there. There was a time when you lived in your studio that I was very concerned that you were going to move to Charleston. Oh, I was. And then I got my parents to move there instead, which is highly recommended. But like that was the top of your list. Yes. Well, I think I was just getting so over. I didn't know I could have an apartment like this. Well, not to sour you on it, but also isn't the ratio of men to women really bad in Charleston? Oh, every man in Charleston is a fuckboy. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. But I mean, like, I think the population is like 70% women, 30% men or something crazy. And because of that, like, supremely average men think they are like God's gift. Um, So I would say that it's not a good place to move as a single woman. I used to say that I was going to find my husband in New York and then move to Charleston. You still can. I could. Down the road. I wouldn't be surprised if in like, and again, I don't think really hugely big picture. My sister and her husband have talked about moving to Charleston. My parents live there now. Like I would love, I love the idea of all of us living in like a smaller city and being close together. But I don't, I don't know. Like I'm so happy here. Like I love that my two of my best friends live in the same building as me. I love that I'm over the bridge. So I feel like less stressed and like removed from the city, but I can get in for events and things. I don't love days where I have to go in and out more than once. Like that just like, I don't know, it drains me. Um, But I, I love, I love my life like the way it is, but I do love Charleston and I'm going home for so much this winter. So it's going to be nice. I want to go spend more time in Charleston. I went for our live show and was there for less than 48 hours. I want to make a trip once it's like in the spring, maybe. Yeah, it's just the best place. It's really great in the spring and in the fall. It's too hot in the summer. And then winter, like it's kind of cold. Like it's not it's not like you're getting away. Like I'd rather go to Florida or like an island. Do you want to come with me or should I just go stay with your parents? Um, well, I don't know. We can talk about it. I, I think if you're going to go, like, don't stay with my parents. Stay downtown. Yeah. I do want to stay at the Dewberry. Yeah. Which then I would love to do that. But then I feel like I'd hurt my parents' feelings. Denise, is it okay? Give us permission. Yeah. Maybe I'll go for like four days and then like you and I can do like two day, two nights in the Dewberry separate rooms and then <laughs> go stay with my parents. So these, I mean, this category is kind of random. Um, what is the what is your most favorite gift that you've ever received and from who? So I have two. Um, they're right over there. You gave me a fuck snow globe. I didn't know that that was like truly your favorite. Oh my God, it's like one of my favorite things I've ever been given. Oh. And then Alex gave me a pink gnome giving the middle finger. And I love both of those things so much. Where is the gnome from? Fred Siegel. Oh, okay. Or no, Ron Robinson. I always mix those two companies up. They're like really fun stores in LA. Ron Robinson. You can get it on Amazon, too. Um, Here's a deeper one. What did your parents do that you think contributed to you and your sister's creativity and your bravery to work for yourselves? Well, I think they were entrepreneurs, so I always saw them. I saw them working for themselves. I also saw them working really hard, and I think that when that's, like, your your model and you're just used to, like, 
Like my parents just, they worked a lot, like especially in the summer. We were really lucky because our house was attached to the restaurant. So they could always like pop back and say hello to us. But because the restaurant and the house were connected, I think we were really exposed to their work ethic as well. And just seeing how focused they were and how dedicated they were to the business. Were you like the Eloise of the restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was great. In the middle, like I, I was not popular, but like my slumber parties were a hit because we would, we would either like wake ourselves up in the middle of the night or like just stay up really late. And then when the restaurant like closed down around like 1130 midnight, we would sneak out into the kitchen and raid the dessert shelf. Oh my God. Which was, would make my dad so mad because I only understand how this works now, but they had this dessert called the trio of mousse and it was like a dark chocolate cup and there's three of them. And so there's a white chocolate one, a dark chocolate one and a raspberry one. No, sorry, black raspberry. No, black cherry, black cherry. Sorry, I'm such a nerd with specifics. So there was these three mousses, and that was a, the dessert. The They would come floating on like a bed of creme anglaise. So we loved those because you could eat one in like a bite. And that sounds delicious. I would like one right now. So as part of the prep process for the next day, when they were like winding down, they would make new mousse cups. So they were ready to go and all chilled for the next day, the next night. And they, you know, they... They planned these quantities and forecasted them based on how busy the next night was. Guess who would go out there and eat them? And not like, and because there's like three, like you can't ha- suddenly have like five black cherry and six dark chocolate and one white chocolate left. That's one that you can only make one full dessert. <laughs> so we like loved the white chocolate one. We would go and eat all of them. Ew, really? It was really good. Like I don't really like white chocolate in general. Yeah, but- out of that trio, I would have. They were the all good. sound better. The we would eat them like all of one flavor, and my dad would be furious. He'd be like, "Girls, like we." So they didn't clock like five girls sneaking out of the house and into the restaurant. Just in through the like. So it was like the the restaurant. The house was in the front, and there was like a little passage through an office, and then there was the kitchen. So there was no locked door. There was it was so easy. We just walked out there when my parents were asleep. Wow, I was just not thinking that like. You would be not you, but like young girls would be that sneaky. We were sneaky, and then we got smarter. So we would, I'd be like, guys, we have to eat all one of each. We can't <laughs> <Poor> just you. <laughs> we can't just eat the white chocolate ones. So this is a long way of saying telling that story. But the other thing I'd say my parents did was they always encouraged us to be really creative. Like we were talking last week's episode about um, in the book club about talk shows like I was not allowed to watch a lot of TV and I'm not saying like I think things are really different now but like I read a lot of books I was always my sisters and I were always playing dress up my mom put us all in painting classes my mom put us in ballet class like we did a lot of activities and like everything we did really like nurtured creativity like pottery classes we always had a craft project every weekend I can remember making beads and making like female clay figurines. My favorite thing to do is go to the bookstore and get a new Klutz book. Remember those books, Klutz? Kind of, but remind me. So there was one about polymer clay and it came with clay and it was all like in a rainbow at the bottom. And like that's how I learned how to make these clay wizards and I would like make those. There was another one about braiding hair and it came with all these bows. And so I learned how to French braid and would braid my sister's hair. Oh, there were so many. There was a yo-yo one. I loved the yo-yo one. There was a magic one. Like I was always – like that was all I ever wanted was a new book from Klutz, K-L-U-T-Z. I remember we went to Palo Alto and like, you know, as a kid, you picture things like 
I don't know, different than they are. So I remember like reading the back of the book and I found out that Klutz was headquartered in Palo Alto. So in my head, it was like this magical universe where everyone's juggling. I was young, where everyone's juggling and like doing things. So I'm like, we drove by their office headquarters and it was like a boring office building with like a, a park, you know, like an office park where it's just yeah. a sign and then there's like like maybe an insurance company and a bunch of other things. Oh my God, what a letdown. I was so let down. In my head, it was like this magical land. I like lived for Klutz books. I had almost all of them. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh my God. Now I'm like, I miss those books. Yeah. I wonder if they still exist. Get them for Zoe. No, they do. They definitely still exist. Okay. Zoe's too young. She has Eva, Eva Chen's books now though. The board book? All three. I gave her all three. Two of them are a little too old for her. She loved them. She really? Freaked, she, she loves books. When she sees books, I brought the books in and she was like getting fed and she saw the books and started reaching for them and like freaking out. Funny. And then we read her. Um, What did we read her? I think it was, it was the one about the shoes. Yeah. Juno Valentine, the magical shoes. We read her that before bed, which is just telling her a story that she doesn't understand, but she was pointing at all the pictures and like getting so excited. And she does this thing where she, I guess she jumps when she's happy. My sister was like, it's a big thing that she did that for that book. Um, Bad on Paper Kids Club coming in 2025. Yeah. Led by Zoe Bernstein. (laughs) Um, Somebody wanted to know, are you equally close to both of your sisters? Yes, I am. I would say that it's hard. It's you can't like it's hard when one lives like 20 minutes down the street from you and one lives a 3 or 4 hour flight, right? Meredith also has a very different career. Like she is a professor and she has two boys, so like getting her on the phone is really hard. Like I'm generally always the one that calls her. Whereas Becca and I have we see each other like probably twice a month. Like we had dinner last weekend and then this weekend I'm going over there after I have brunch. So it's just easier and we see each other more, but like I love them both equally and have different things that I can talk to both of them about for a long time and different understandings with each of them. So yeah, I wish that Meredith lived closer, like especially now that she has the two boys. Yeah. Will she end up in Charleston too, do you think? I don't think so. Yeah. Meredith is, so she's a professor and so you don't really switch that job very much. So she'll either be in Minnesota forever or, but I think she needs to be somewhere where there's wetlands because of her work. She's a biologist, so she can't just like move to a city. Like what would she study yeah. in, in Charleston or like, and she hates New York and Brooklyn. Like she's always like, I am not staying with you. And we're like, okay, it's funny. So I have two last very important questions for you. Yes. One, what's your go-to drink order? Tequila soda. What kind of tequila? Casamigos. Who owns Casamigos? Cindy Crawford's husband. <laughs> I'm still not over that. And George Clooney. And George Clooney. I also like a vodka soda. Or if it's been a really bad week, a dirty martini with like, like an extra dirty martini with like, if we can get them blue cheese olives, which mm, I know you love too. I do. I don't drink a lot of sugary drinks because I get so sick. The most difficult <laughs> question of this interview, would you give up rather give up duncan for the rest of your life or give up bagels for the rest of your life well could i get a bagel at duncan no Um, it's like duncan coffee or bagels i would give up bagels because i love duncan what an endorsement yeah well that was not even something i had to think about can you imagine if that was like the intro to an ad that would be really funny um it's not (laughs) it's not imagine if we got duncan as a podcast sponsor oh one can dream I 
I think I can always have something else that's bad. Like I could just have like a loaf of bread or something instead. <laughs> I'm going to add in one last question that's not yes. in the outline. Is there a question that nobody asked in this or the questions that we didn't answer that you just like always want somebody to ask you? Um, What's my favorite thing about Tyrion? Okay. What's your favorite thing about Tyrion? Um, How much he loves clothes. <laughs> This is a new development. He's been so happy all day because he has a sweatshirt on. It's really cute. Um, I don't know. I think that we got most of them. I feel like I get I do ask me anything's on my stories and stuff, and I feel like I'm pretty much an open book. I just I wanted know. this to be your forum if there was something that you were jonesing to say about yourself. I'm glad I got to talk about the Olay thing because I want people to know, like, I didn't know that a bunch of other bloggers were talking about it when I signed on. Like, I just knew that I wanted to try a really good drugstore retinol. Yeah. Should we talk about some other stuff? Yes. Grace, what are you obsessed with? I am obsessed with bow and drape sweatshirts for dogs, which you can put <laughs> on a cat. Um, so I, this is funny because I cleaned my apartment. I have um, all these little baskets under my dresser that I keep. I have one for running socks. I have one for like thick socks, like our Barefoot Dream socks. I have one for tights, and then I have one for Tyrion. And I – I haven't like gone through the one for Tyrion in a while because I also cleaned out all my – I bought new tights and new socks and like cleaned out the grungy ones and, and stuff. And I was like, oh, Tyrion's been. So I found all these toys that he hadn't played with in a while and I found his hoodie. And I had forgotten all about the hoodie. So I got him a new one today. They're $39, which is like – He's worth it. Yeah, he's worth it. And I got him a Christmas sweater too. I'm but, very excited for the latter. Yeah. So that's my obsession I think. What about you? Um, so last month during the Sephora sale, I was like, I don't need anything. And then I went to Sephora and then I was like, I'm going to buy all this stuff anyway. (laughs) Okay. So when we were in San Francisco for our live show in early October, this makeup artist did my makeup and it was like probably one of the most fun makeup looks that I had. And she used this glitter eyeshadow and when since it was on sale at Sephora I was like okay I'm gonna try it so it's the hourglass scattered light glitter eyeshadow and I feel like with a lot of glitter eyeshadow it's like sparse this is the most dense oh I'm gonna glitter eyeshadow that I've ever encountered it's um a cream it's like a hybrid cream powder blend okay so it goes on cream and then it like dries but it doesn't crease yeah um so I got two colors so I got like a bronzy color, and then I got a rose gold color. Okay. But, oh, my God, it's so glittery. It's, like, the most intense glitter Oh, I can't ever. wait. That sounds so fun. It is really fun. What about on Instagram? Mine is going to be this week. It's going to be January Jones because she – Interesting. Which, like, she's actually very funny on her Instagram, and she posted a series, like, a few weeks back of all of her most terrible haircuts as a child, and, like, there are some – really bad ones and i think her instagram just makes her so relatable and funny oh i don't follow her i'll have to look at her yeah um mine is nora borealis and this is nora mcinerney who hosts the podcast terrible thanks for asking do you remember when we went to the live show for her podcast and you, you cried i did not like that podcast she didn't like it because she didn't know it was sad. i didn't know not because it was. it's not good. i thought like the name terrible thought terrible things for asking made me think that it was going to be like this comedy comedy type of thing because that's such a good name for a comedy podcast not comedy not comedy and felt like i would never fall in love 
and also felt like if I did fall in love, they would die. Speaking of irrational fears. So anyway, Nora has this podcast called Terrible Thanks for Asking, which it's a is huge really podcast. lovely. And um, I'd followed Nora since like the Tumblr days. And oh, wow. at some point, I think I accidentally unfollowed her or she was like a victim to a purge on Instagram that I like mass unfollowed people. Yeah. And this week, somebody linked to her and I clicked through and I realized that I wasn't following her anymore. And so I refollowed her and she's just so... She's so wonderful because I really like how open she is. Yeah. Especially in her stories. Maybe I'll follow her. I really didn't. I'm still traumatized from that podcast, which was it's all my fault. Like this- I would say that the her Instagram has very little to do with the podcast outside of the fact that she will talk about that her husband, her first husband died. Yeah. Now probably like 5 years ago. I feel bad. I'm not talking shit. Like, literally, this is my fault that I don't like it. You were blindsided. I was, it was before our first pod live show. And I said, we should go to another live show to see what it even is because we'd never been to one. Yeah. So I said, hey, I follow this woman. Let's go to the live show for her podcast. And I bought the tickets. And then Grace came. Didn't do any research. Didn't look at any Instagram. Didn't listen to the podcast in advance of going to the live show. And the podcast is, like, about grief. And the live show is so powerful, like, with visuals and video playing from the people who lost their significant others. It's, like, I, like, I'm starting to tear up thinking about it. It's too upsetting. Anyway, I I really do like her, and I like her on Instagram. Yeah. What about on books? Okay, I'm going to fix this because I'm going away and I'm going to read so much. I am like in a really bad reading lull. I'm going to start. I have two books that I like need to start really soon. One is City of Girls. Oh, you haven't I read that? I still haven't read it. And I just like, I know I'm going to love it so much. And I'm I'm like, I'm putting this ahead of everything else. Ahead of like vetting books for our book club picks. I'm like, I'm just going to sit and I'm going to read this. And then the other one I'm really excited for is the sequel to um, One of Us is Lying. It's One of Us is Next. I yes. Think. Yes. So those two. Those I'm like ready. Okay. I also am really excited to read American Dirt. There's so many books I want to read. I've just been like, I, I don't like the busy word, but like this, like things have been bananas for me. You're preaching the choir. I have a pile of books on my dining room table that is like eight books high. And I'm like, I'm going to bring these all on vacation. Yeah. I think we're going to do that with Katie. Like we're all going to have to check bags because we're bringing so many books. I don't know that I can read eight books in four days, no. but I'm going to bring four. Um, so on my side, I started, I'm reading Deadly Little Scandals, and that's the sequel to Little White Lies that we read for January's book club. Yes. So the first one is like, this girl finds out that she's secretly from like a really rich family and she becomes a debutante to like figure out who her real dad is. Yes. And there's like a murder. It's a really fun, like it's very pretty little liars. Yeah. And so this is the sequel to it. And it's been sitting on my... Um, in my pile. And finally, I was like, I'm doing it. Great. <sighs> well, if you need something to read, oh. you should check out our December book club pick, which is One Day in December. I love this book. It's so I don't cute. even remember what happened, so I'm so excited to reread it. It came out last December or last October, and it's a holiday book. So it basically is about this woman 
who it's a British rom-com, which is as anyone who knows me knows is my genre. And it's about this woman who is riding the bus. She sees this guy. She makes prolonged eye contact with him. And then she gets obsessed with him. She's like completely obsessed. And I think like a year later, he turns up at her and her roommate's holiday party. And it's her roommate's boyfriend. And then the book goes through and um, it's kind of like told every year, like on Christmas. It's very or like around Christmas. It's very cute. I cannot wait to reread it. It was I just remember like crying and loving it so much. It's a, oh, it's so good. I'm so excited. Yeah. All right. Well, we will see you next week when we talk with Kate Kennedy from Be There in Five. Oh, I love Kate. I'm so excited. We're finally having her on. So excited. Bye. Bye. Bye.